The Okie Geek Podcast is brought to you by Okie Comics, an anthology publication showcasing the talents of Oklahoma creators with stories featuring Oklahoma. Copies are available at Got Games in Dell City, Green Bambino, Paseo Plunge, and My Chic Geek in Oklahoma City, and Waving Wheat Bakery and Bistro in Norman, as well as your favorite comic book store and nearest library. You can find out more locations and more information at okiecomics.com. Greetings and salutations, my fellow geeks, and welcome to episode 228 of the Okie Geek Podcast, brought to you by Okie Comics. I'm Michael Cross. Students at Edmund Memorial High School are enjoying the ever-growing community of esports. Their coach is chemistry teacher Kate Swearingen, and she joins us now. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, it's so great to be here. So just tell me first off, esports at Edmund Memorial High What's going on with that? Yeah, so we have a great program. We run three different games. We have Rocket League, League of Legends, and Smash Brothers. A ton of kids are involved. So uh, it ranges because we have a club and a class. We have about 30 plus kids in the class, and then we have just extra kids in the club. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we're hoping to even grow more next year. But yeah, it's, it's really exciting stuff. What made you decide to start this thing? So I've always had a passion for making sure that kids have a space that they feel like they belong. Mm -hmm. And I used to work at a middle school where I started an anime club and I would DM Dungeons and Dragons as well for a group of kids there. And then when I moved to the high school, I knew I wanted to coach esports because I played uh, a MOBA at that time called Heroes of the Storm, which isn't really around anymore. But then... Well, it's around, but it's just not the same as it used to be. But then a kid approached me because I kind of let them know, you know, hey, like, I like this. You guys can like this, too. Uh, A kid approached me. He's like, I really want to start a League of Legends team. And I knew about League of Legends because it's in the same genre that I played. So I was like, yeah, this would be great. You know, like some of my stuff will transfer over. So it kind of took them the rest of the year to get the club going. And then last year we had our first team, League of Legends team. And this year we have it as an actual class. So we have even more esports now than we did last year because each each of the own games are their own esport. So mm-hmm. and there's a, a community like a, a whole competition going on, correct? Right. We participate in two different tournaments right now. We're a part of OBSL, which is the Oklahoma Esports League, and there are several high schools in Oklahoma that participate in that one. Uh, and that's our state tournament, and our playoffs will be April third. But we're, we're sort of finishing up the regular season. We have just a couple more games of that to go. And then we're a part of a nationwide tournament that's called Play VS. So we, we play in that as well. And those, those real games, we have preseason games right now, but we're starting our real games for that at the beginning of March. That's amazing. And so I, how, how are you guys doing so far? We're doing really, really well. We haven't started our real Play VS games, but for our OESL games right now, we're undefeated. So in all of our sports. That's amazing. Who else is in this league? The major players that you would know would be maybe Union or mm-hmm. Broken Arrow, Jinx, OKC Grant. Um, and then there are some smaller schools too. Like we played Stillwell, not Stillwater, Stillwell. Yeah, Stillwell. And then uh, we were supposed to play Salina today, but that got moved around. And so, yeah, there's there's just a whole range of schools depending on which esport it is. Some, some esports are a little bit cheaper to get into than others. So they're a little bit more accessible. Right. Do you travel to these places to, to, or do they come to you or do you just do it all online? 
Yeah. This year we're all online because it's, you know, it's, it's better that way for us mm-hmm. this year. So they, they, we do play from a central location. We get together and they get together, but the match is played online. And when we, we play together, we're sitting apart from each other. And there, and for play VS games, we all play from home for those games because that's how play VS is structured this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for OESL, we try to play together. It's just, it helps the integrity of that match a little bit more. So has the, the COVID-19 impacted the, the games or, or the tournaments in any way? Yeah, it's made it a lot more difficult for some of the schools to get teams together just because schools in general are have put so much energy into kind of the remote learning slash, you know, trying to figure out A-B schedule or whatever they're doing this year that a lot of coaches or teachers don't even have the ability to, you know, branch out into these kinds of things. So we had some schools that had to drop from OESL this year just because they didn't have the bandwidth, so to speak, to really get in on that. Yeah, it's, it, right now schools are eating up a lot of bandwidth with their at-home education, with their distance learning. Right. So how do you how do you move forward then if if you're not having as much competition? Does that does that hurt with what you guys are trying to do? Yeah, it's it's definitely caused. I, I mean, it's the kids that have really suffered this yeah. year as far as that's concerned. But that's why we became a part of PlayVS this year is so that we could have those extra games that we weren't getting out of OESL this particular year. And that I think that's going to fill that. And the other good news about PlayVS is that for OESL, I can only field one team. But we're a pretty big school. Mm-hmm. So we have three league teams. We can have up to four Rocket League teams if everybody's there. And then we wow. can have like four or five Smash teams. So I, I, I have a chance for my JV teams to really play. And that's what I want. I want each kid to have that chance. You know, like these kids, a lot of them, this is their thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's their chance to do that. And I really want them to have that opportunity. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous. I wish this was around when I was in high school. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean to you to have something like this for these kids? Oh my gosh. It, it's so fantastic. I, I feel like I'm making so much more of a difference than, I mean, I make a difference as a pre-AP chemistry teacher and yeah. I understand that, but, but to be able to be there for kids that don't necessarily have another spot and aren't going to shine in all the same ways that my pre-AP chemistry kids. And some, some of them are the same kids to be there, <laughs> but this allows them to have that space, you know, and, and that, that means so much to me because I had, I had my spaces as a kid. I was in band and orchestra and I did all these things. And that's really what helped me in school. I think the most, right. you know, I was in, I was in all pre AP or AP classes or whatever too, but it was having that friend group and those extracurricular activities that really made the huge difference for me personally. And that's what I want for these kids. Right. And everybody talks about extracurriculars. And usually when they talk about extracurriculars, they're talking sports, well, regular sports, football, right. baseball, basketball. But for some of these kids, that's just not something that they're into or that they really care about. Yeah. And for my kids, you know, this gives them that connection to the school culture. They mm-hmm. really feel like they're winning for the school. And I have kids that would be failing if they if they weren't in esports. They The only reason some of them do their work is so that they can play on the team. And to have that connection to the school is just huge. And the teachers feel that way too. The Edmund Memorial teachers are just fantastic. They have really jumped in on this and they've, they're very encouraging to the kids as well. It's, it's fantastic to see they'll talk to the kids about it, even if they don't quite understand everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really, they're really trying. It's so, it's so great to see. What was the administration like when you first went to them and said, Hey, I want to start an esports group. 
So it depends on the the administrator that I talked to, but they were very, in general, they were very positive Mm -hmm. because esports had been growing as a group and Oklahoma City University had started their own esports program at the time that I was kind of moving all my stuff through. So they got to see that. And if they, once they could see the scholarship opportunities and the way that it would help the kids connect, then they were on board for the most part. Uh, They have, they have some reservations. And I think that education is a huge part of my job, you know, teaching other people what esports is about and helping the administration see the value in every single esport that we do is a huge part of my personal job as kind of our advocate within the school system, right? But but they were they've always been on board. They're always about whatever helps the kids, I think. So mm-hmm. how about is there is there an education opportunity in esports? Oh, for sure. So OU this year announced their varsity. They they went varsity this year. OSU has stuff too. I don't think there's a scholarship yet but it's going to get there. And then several of the local colleges do. There's a whole Oklahoma college, I think it's called OACE, OACE or something like that. I'm not exactly up on the college scene, (laughs) but there's definitely collegiate opportunities. I've actually had one of my students just this past week, actually yesterday, he got a message from a collegiate coach asking if he could start, if he was interested in joining their collegiate team, but he's only a junior. So the guy didn't know that quite yet. But, yeah, yeah, but it gets them ready for it. If, if, if oh, yeah. he's already being recruited, uh, I mean, yeah. that's and, amazing. You know, he's not even my my best out of all of the players that I have. He's the best at the, the sport that he's in. But then I have a, a fantastic other player that's just a sophomore. And he's extremely, extremely good. So I would expect him to also be very highly sought after as far as for, for the collegiate teams. And also computers, video games, these are the future. And unlike, you know, and in sports, even if you do go pro in sports, you've only got a few years of doing your career. But in video games, you could keep doing it for your entire life. Well, pro gamers do retire before, usually before I would think even 30 years old, Mm -hmm. just because reflexes and stuff slow down, but they usually then transition to other roles. A lot of pro gamers will then either become coaches or they'll become analysts for teams or they'll become casters or Mm -hmm. they'll just stream after that. Right. So once you're done playing on an actual professional team, like maybe cloud nine or our own team in Oklahoma city called Equinox, then they would go to, you know, being a coach for another team or yeah, or just, they can just stream online to all the fans they made while they were a pro gamer. Right. And that's what I mean. It's, it, it's not just, I mean, yes, you, you might not be pro the entire time, but there is a future that you can keep doing this for a living at, for further on in your life. Oh yeah. And it's not just the gamers, right? Like there's so many other jobs that are associated with this. Someone has to organize the tournaments. Mm-hmm. Someone has to, you know, keep the equipment up to date I mean, they have to have spectators, shoutcasters. I mean, it's a whole it's a whole organized event. So, well, and even in the video game arena, it's or video game companies themselves, they still need testers. They still need people to be uh, running these games, and hopefully, maybe even some of the kids might even think about going on and being programmers. Yeah, I, I've I have kids in my program that are definitely looking at becoming programmers, or they want to become video game designers, or. And this is kind of just the way they fill that niche right now is they want to play the games. And then oftentimes these same game developers, the same game companies that own the games are the ones that control the esport as well. Mm -hmm. So it ends up being where you're a part of the company that does the esport that you love so much. So, yeah. And it gives them an education into the, the kind of the business aspect of it as well. Right. And they learn kind of that language and that culture that Mm -hmm. is really critical to be a part of a company like that. 
And so for a lot of these kids that would just be playing these video games at home, they're actually maybe getting something a little bit more out of it. Yeah, I, I really think so. And we're not even right now touching on the idea of, you know, communication through the games and all the other aspects that you get from a traditional sport that are also present in esports. We'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So each game that we play, other than Smash, Smash is 1v1. But mm-hmm. other than that, they're all on teams. Mm-hmm. And so they're constantly having to communicate with each other on that level, right? And especially in something like League of Legends, there's particular positions on the team that have to really be aware of everything that's going on, on the map and have to track the enemy movements, even when they can't see them. And they're constantly giving that communication to each other. And, you know, they're a team and they're all high schools high schoolers. So they're, they're kind of sometimes they'll, they'll make mistakes. Right. And so one of the ideas is how can we kind of leave the mistakes in the past? How can we not only they'll focus not only on their own mistakes, but each other's mistakes as well. So how can we move past that? What can we do to not be so focused on the mistake we just made that it doesn't ruin the rest of our game. Right. And so communications are a huge part and, and team building is a huge part Mm -hmm. because each kid fills a different niche on the team and leads the team in a different way that it's just so critical. The, the, compo- the composition of the team is so important as well. So when you mentioned a small, a small town, like uh, Stillwell in Eastern Oklahoma is I, just amazing that some of these smaller schools are starting to pick up on the idea of esports. Yeah. You know, some of the esports can run on very limited computers and some of them can run on a, on a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So some esports are pretty cheap to get into. Uh, now others are more expensive, but esports isn't just limited to the best of the best. Now I want to play the, the best. <laughs> of course. But but anyone, I don't, I'm not one of those people that's like you're only a gamer if you're playing X or Y game, you know. So yeah. Right. It, it's just it's about playing and especially about, I love the idea of the teamwork that, that goes on. Yeah, it's definitely true. And not every game is a team game, but you're still learning how to deal with your mm-hmm. own mistakes, even when you're not playing as a part of a team. Right. And uh, keeping that kind of information that they keep, even like my smash kids, they have so many different fighters that they can choose from. And then understanding that the enemy can also choose any one of those fighters. Mm -hmm. And then what's that matchup going to look like? Right. Like, so they have to know their fighter so well against every other fighter in the game. And Nintendo's coming out with new fighters all the time. So they're having to constantly update that. It's just, it's something that they have to constantly be growing as a gamer. Well, and it, Smash is, is, is a, one, a pro player v. player, but it's still, just like in traditional sports, there are sports out there, tre- tennis, golf, et cetera, right. where you are one-on-one, but it's still, you've still got to be part of a team and still be just as, as competitive as a team to go and play as you are in football, baseball, basketball. That's right. So when we play our play VS games, we're going to be on teams of three mm-hmm. on our, and they have to do well. Each one of them has to carry their own weight, you know, like, like in swim, you know, you swim, but you make the, or a tennis or whatever, you make it as a team, right. at least in our stuff. So, so yeah, they rely on each other even then and to be eligible too. So they're all relying on each other to, to keep invested in the sport and to keep invested in their grades and they keep each other accountable, which is great. How long have you guys been doing this? So this is our first year to have it as a class. So Mm -hmm. we've been doing it since August. But last year, I did have a League of Legends team as well. So Edmund Memorial has kind of had a team for this will be our second year to have an esports program. Mm -hmm. But really, this is kind of our first year. So it's still just a baby. And do you you (laughs) hope for it to grow really, really, really wide? 
oh yeah, I want to add games to mm-hmm. my roster. You know, it's weird because people call me the esports coach, but it's it's almost more like being like a director because there's so many different games online right now for us. And I want to add more. I want those kids to have that opportunity. Yeah, I, I'm hoping it grows in kids. I want to add assistant coaches so I can have as many kids as possible. And then I want to add all the different schools in the district too. So if I had my way, I mean, I would even, I would even be the coach for all the other schools. I, I don't care. I just want every kid to have this opportunity. So what is that? What is, are the, any of the other Edmonds schools North or, or Santa Fe doing anything like this? They aren't doing esports right now. Now North did consider incorporating an esports team this year. Their broadcasting person was going to take kind of that angle to it and not only do a team, so kind of do, let's see, like a class on casting as well. So his take was going to be not just to develop players, but to develop casters for his program, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is really, really cool. But, but they, were just, they weren't able to get it started yet. Explain what a caster is. A caster is someone who calls the game, okay. um, kind of like a sports caster. Oh, does. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're a shot caller, or well, they don't shot call the act- in the actual game. They, they, they call during the game to the people that are watching the game on Twitch or on YouTube. So just a, a broadcaster for the, the eSport yeah. event itself, which apparently I've seen a, a few. I actually think I saw a, a company that was looking for casters, for looking for people to call the games. Yeah. So for that, you have to have a knowledge of the game to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't just jump in here and say, ah, oh, I know how to cast, so I'm going to cast every game. No, you have to know what's going on. You have to understand, like for Rocket League, you have to know what what what's really going on to be able to say what's going on, right? Mm-hmm. Like they get professional old professional uh, football players to cast, mm-hmm. cast football games. And that's the same thing for these, for these games. And uh, the professional games have really, really good casters too. So I have some students casting my games, but we, we don't all play all those games. So some of them, mm-hmm. some of them are a little less quality, but we're working on that too. Yeah, it just takes time. That's that's just a matter of being practiced when you're doing broad, right. any kind of broadcasting and to learn the sport as well. I've actually done some casting for basketball and it took a long time for me to actually sit down and understand the game and learn the game. And it's no different from these. Yeah. And for those casters, the three people that I have that want to cast and that do mm-hmm. cast our games on Twitch, they have to practice every game because they have to go through and understand what each of the games are and they will talk to the different players to see, okay, what is this? What is that? And they'll try to, they'll try to do interviews too. But I mean, like offline, they'll go through to learn what the different, what, what verbiage they need to use. Right. Because each game has its own vocabulary associated right. with it as well. Are the colleges that are offering the esports? are they, are their communications departments looking at, at possibly also offering degrees in this? Yeah. UCO actually has a minor in this right now. So, wow. <laughs> so Perfect for your Edmund kids. They're right down the street. Yeah. And we play at the UCO co-op right now. So we're mm-hmm. pretty tied to UCO. Yeah. It's um, amazing that, to see this growing. And what other games would you think about adding? What, what would you, what would, if you had your next, next one, what would it be? Well, if I could pick whatever <laughs> I wanted to pick, I would probably add Overwatch. Um, oh, yes. Overwatch is a, but that's, that's not really on our docket right now. I kind of have to to do some more education, I would say on that one to where we can kind of clear it because it's a first person shooter. So it's a little bit more difficult, but there are lots of high schools in Oklahoma that play Overwatch. So I'm hopeful that we can see the value in that one as well and eventually add that one. And then, then on top of that, I might add, 
Well, let me think. I guess I might add Heroes of the Storm because that was my first original thing, but no one would play that game because, but maybe, maybe I would add, there's a new one called Valorant. I might mm-hmm. add that one also. Oh, or Smite. Smite is another MOBA that we could add. I think we could add that one pretty easily, but it's, it's a little bit different, but there are kids that, you know, each kid likes their own game. So sure. having these games available, that's what I really want. How many students did you say have you had 30? Is that right? Well, I have 30 kids in the class, but I have a club. And because this year we're on this AB schedule, mm-hmm. the kids that are oh. only in the club, they come on their off days and they just practice with us all the time. So next year, I'm hoping to have even more kids in the class just because they've been in the club this year and they recognize, oh, this is actually a thing. This place is pretty cool to practice mm-hmm. at. We're going to do this. And I, I had like, I had to cut a bunch of kids last year that really just wanted to play Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what made the room for any of the other kids that wanted to join. But hopefully next year we have even more kids that are interested in these other games as well. Have you got any seniors on your group? Yes, I have a few seniors. Most of the people that I have are juniors this year. Good. But I do have a few seniors. In fact, one of my my varsity League of Legends jungler is a senior. I have a senior, a couple seniors playing Smash Brothers. I have a senior that just joined last week the club. He's just, he's playing Rocket League. And then I have a senior top laner on my JV a team for League of Legends. So I have a few seniors sprinkled in there. And so you've got but mostly it sounds like a lot of younger underclassmen that, that are that are that are kind of growing with this program. Right. And so my varsity League of Legends team is all juniors except for that one senior. So they're going to be ready to go this year and they're undefeated this year. So next year we got to replace the one jungler, which is going to be tough. They really like this jungler. Mm-hmm. But but once we replace him, oh, we're going to be real, we're gonna be ready to rumble. Very yeah. good. And when we open up these schools to, you know, once we all get the vaccines, we go really open up these schools, we can, you guys can really kind of hammer down and get to get these games going. Yeah. And I'm really hopeful that even more schools see that and they all jump in because OESL is free to join. Mm-hmm. So it's not like these schools are, are uh, having to pay a lot to join the league, like play VS. We have to pay to join that, that program. But it's so nice that our state tournament right now is free. Has there been a lot of talk from the state level about doing some kind of from like State Department of Education about doing or maybe even the Oklahoma Secondary Schools Athletics Association about doing something to, to kind of really sell these things? Yeah. So I think with COVID and everything going on, if there was some thought process that was going into it, it's either been halted or mm-hmm. just just put on hold for the time being. I know that people are aware of it at all of those organizations and I've heard talk about it, but I just don't think anyone's in the mindset right now to make anything happen as far as from that kind of just right. Cause everyone's concentrating on coronavirus right now. That's right. And so they don't have that. I mean, for instance, like OSSAA right now is they are so focused on making sure that, you know, their, their traditional sports get to play they, they don't, I don't know that they have the ability to even consider adding something new onto their plate right now. Right. So this that's is, just, that's all just my perspective. That's just my kind of. Yeah. Idea. Cause this is still fairly new, even though I right. think esports has been around for a while to, yeah. to, to do it on the, the pre-collegiate level is fairly new. Yeah. Even the collegiate level is, is fairly new. I would say mm. a few years ago, I was still watching collegiate level. Here's the storm. But I think even collegiate level stuff right now is, is fairly new and not really well broadcasted either, right? Like we don't all see the games, even though we know about 
we know about even like we know about the baseball games, even if we don't watch them. Right. But we don't even know about these games. Like I watched Bedlam for League of Legends, but I had to tell my kids about like where to see it and stuff like that, because it's just it's just hard to get that out there right now. But as that becomes more and more popular, I really think everyone will jump in on it. Is there a way for people to see your games? We do have a Twitch channel and it's our Twitch name is Memorial Bulldog, but we don't cast every single game. Some games happen simultaneously. And so we're unable to cast those. Mm -hmm. And then for some, we just don't have a student available to cast. So sometimes we'll go ahead and play the game so people can watch but there won't be any casting going on. But we really like to, if we can have that casting going on. But so. still people watch video. I mean, yeah, granted, usually there's a person talking with it, but uh, I love watching the game. I just watch the games just because they're fun to watch, even if they're yeah. not a caster. Yeah, I'll actually spectate, like I'll spectate the kids' games, obviously, because I'm coaching mm -hmm. them. But I like spectating just regular games. Mm -hmm. So there's a, in the League of Legends client, you can spectate your friends' games. Sometimes when I'm playing with my friends, if they're playing and I'm not playing it, I'll just watch their game because it's just fun for me to watch. Yeah. Uh, even without that. But I think it's it's a little bit more important for us to have a caster for these high school games because these parents they they don't always have that connection to the game, and so having someone there to kind of explain, hey, look, this is what's going on. And some things look like a score, even if they're not, you know, so it's, it's just better if we have someone to explain it, I think. Yeah, I know, broadcast major, uh, journalism major with uh, UCO. I, I would have loved to have done something like this. This has got to be, we just got to get more kids out there casting these games. Yeah, you know, and I would love to have, you know, any kid or even any college student, you know, that wanted to the cast, I would love to have them cast our game. They could practice on our games for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, we have kind of a different level of community standard than you might have on a regular Twitch channel. It's going to be a little bit higher, but you know, even just learning how to mod a Twitch channel is an important thing to do if you're going to go into that. So if a student were at another school, how would you suggest that they get something like this started? Well, they, I think they need, a faculty member to help. Oh, yeah. So that would be the first step is find, find a person, a teacher or, a, you know, a counselor, someone or a principal who's willing to help get this started, because that's going to be the person that has to go through the process of finding those other advocates in the system and, and getting that help. You know, it was my kid, my kid that had to start the, the club, mm -hmm. but I was the one that had to fill out all the forms and then, you know, push it through the system to become a class and then keep advocating for it as we keep going. But I, I definitely think the first step is to find the, the right person to, to start it. Right. Because you've got to have an admin, some kind of administrator or ed educator to start these clubs anyway. Right. And even if they're not 100 percent like well versed in esports, that's mm -hmm. not that's not the, the biggest problem. You just need someone who wants to be there for the kids. And then I think that that's that's where the, the biggest thing is, you know, like if you're there for the kids and you want to make sure that, you know, they're getting everything they need, that I think it's going to succeed. You know, That's even true. if you don't win all the games, then you're still going to have a successful program because the kids are going to be, they're going to be happy and they're going to be connected to the school. And all those things are still going to come your way eventually. Where on social media can people find out more about your program? So all we have right now is that Twitch channel. We're still kind of building everything with parent support and all that. So that's probably the only place that you can find our 
games or, or more about us. And that's pro- that's honestly, that's probably good right now. <laughs> so you guys need to get like a Facebook page or something like that. Yeah, we don't have a Facebook page. I was I was trying to get a parent was kind of interested in running that for me. And then they, I think they got kind of busy. So, uh, right. Yeah, it's hard to get. I mean, I know the parents are just as excited to have their kids do doing things, but they're only there for such a short amount of time. You know, do you want to invest so much time into something like this? Right. I have some, I have some awesome parents though. They've started, oh, a, yeah. um, they've started a booster program for me. They haven't quite gotten all, gotten it all officially yet, but they, they're really stepping up. I have parents that have helped me write grants for the program. They haven't necessarily been approved yet, but there are parents that want to pitch in and help out. Um, and I rely, I cannot do it all myself. So these parents are, are doing amazing things for me. That's fantastic. And look for you guys at, at Memorial Bulldog. It's just Bulldog, not Bulldog. That's just, yeah, it's just one at, no, there's no S. It's yeah. a single Bulldog. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. fantastic. Kate, anything else you want to make sure we mention before we, we sign off here? No, I really appreciate you having me here. Oh, thank you so much. You, it was awesome. And I wish your team all the best and let us know how it's going. And maybe we can also at least let them know when, if there's a, out. the championship is coming up in March. April, April 3rd, April, April 3rd, April 3rd. So make sure people uh, tune in for something like that. So that'll be fantastic. Yeah. And I think that one will be cast from an official OESL channel. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the the tournament, the playoffs may already have, they have like even higher quality casters and stuff. Awesome. Kate, thank you very much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Of course. So that's going to do it for our show. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Oka Geek Podcast. Our theme music was produced by Monument Studios. You can find me on Twitter at KOSU Michael C. And do you or someone you know have an event coming up? Please let us know so we can talk about it on our show. You can find us on Apple and Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure and subscribe, rate us, and leave a comment. Until next time, along with Kate Swearingen, I'm Michael Cross, reminding you to keep calm and geek on. Thank you.